0: and Answers. At a conference entitled, A World Without Zionism, Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad stated, America is the world oppressor, and Israel must be wiped off the map. What drives this man and his nation to seek war and the destruction of the United States and Israel? Is it his belief in the return of the Mahdi, Islam's Messiah? Who is the Mahdi, and what events will hasten his return? You're listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author and teacher in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today we're going to listen as Pat explains the Islamic belief in the return of the long-awaited Mahdi. This study was presented by Pat at the 2012 Hawaii Apologetics Conference, and this study, along with the entire series of messages from Pat and his guests, can be purchased at evidenceandanswers.org. Let's join Pat now as he presents his study titled, The Rise of the Mahdi, Islam's Coming Messiah.
1: Jerry Rasomni, from jihad to Jesus, a man who was a militant Muslim jihadist and came to Christ. We've got top experts in the country, Dr. Robert Spencer. He's a man, one of the foremost authorities on Islam here in the United States. Trains the CIA and the military and the FBI. Tremendous scholar on Islam. Serge Trifkovic from Eastern Europe, Serbia, I believe. And so, tremendous interviews there. And also the Probe website, once again, probe.org. Over a thousand articles, short articles that you could get a handle on topics that we're covering throughout this seminar here, plus PowerPoints that you can download. Tremendous resource there, written by the probe staff. They are a team of Christian apologists and scholars in various fields, science. Kirby's in the area of political science and government and cultural issues. We've got guys in philosophical apologetics, scientific apologetics, biblical apologetics, historical apologetics and more. Great resources for you there. Well, as we begin, belief in the end times or eschatology, end times theology is very important for Christians and it's also just as important for Muslims. In fact it's one of the five pillars of Islam chapter 2 surah 2 verse 177 says but it is righteousness to believe in Allah and the last day and the angels and the book and the messengers so eschatology or belief in the events of the end times the last days is one of the five major pillars of Islam all Muslims Believe in events of the last day. And Islamic eschatology has a powerful influence and it drives the agenda of many of the Muslim leaders you see out there today. Those in the news, for example, this guy, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, what is it that drives him to make these kinds of comments? America is the world oppressor and Israel must be wiped off the map. A world without America and Zionism is attainable and surely can be delivered at a conference that he spoke at entitled A World Without America and Zionism. What is it that drives these kinds of leaders with such a zeal and hatred for Israel and the West? Well, part of it is the teachings of the Quran and the example that Muhammad and the early Caliphs set but also it is Islamic eschatology. Now, there are two key divisions in Islam. 90% of the Muslim world represented there in the light green is Sunni Muslim. In the dark green there are the countries of Iran and Iraq dominated by Shia or Shiite Islam. Now, this division in Islam happened immediately after the death of Muhammad. As soon as Muhammad died, the Islamic world went to war. The Sunnis, who became the majority, believed that the first caliph, successor of Muhammad, should be the most loyal disciple of Muhammad. The Shiites, who are the minority, believed it should be a blood relative of Muhammad and they fought several wars and have been fighting ever since so the war between Sunni and Shiite has been going on for 1400 years so you really need to pray for our soldiers there in Iraq trying to establish some kind of democracy is it possible to establish a peaceful democracy there in the land of Iraq where the Sunni and Shiite civil war has been going on, this war between these two factions has been going on for nearly 1400 years. Now, what we're going to study today is the understanding of the Mahdi, Islam's Messiah, and this one is held by the Shiites. Mahdi mania dominates the land of Iran and Iraq where the Shiite Faction, this Shiite sect of Islam dominates the country. Now, there are three key figures in Shiite eschatology here the Mahdi, Islam's Messiah, the Jal, the Islamic Antichrist, and the Muslim Jesus. These are the three key figures here in Shiite Islamic eschatology. Let's take a look at the first one the Mahdi, the Al Mahdi. That name means Lord of the Age or Awaited Savior. This is the 12th Imam, all right? There are 11 Imams that preceded him. They're like the Pope in Shia Islam. 11 preceded, the 12th one, his name is Muhammad al-Muntazar, or Muhammad, the Awaited One. And the story of the 12th Imam goes like this. The 12th Imam was born in 868 AD in the city of Samara, Iraq. You can see why Muslims are so upset at the United States being and occupying in Iraq. A lot of the most holy sites of Shia Islam are there in the country of Iraq. Some of the most holiest mosques are there in Iraq and I'll tell you more about some of them so you can see why they're so upset that an infidel country like the United States would be there occupying this land. But the Mahdi is believed to have been born in 868 AD in Samarra, Iraq. His father, Hassan al askari is the 11th Shiite Imam. He died in 874 AD. Now the leaders were not aware that al-askari had a son and they asked when the 11th Imam died they asked al-askari's brother Jafar to lead the funeral prayer and eventually take up the mantle as the 12th Imam but as he was about to lead in the prayer suddenly a young boy stepped forward and said uncle stand back for it is more fitting for me to lead the prayers for my father than for you And so the young boy led the prayers of the funeral. And after the funeral, the man asked Jafar about the boy's identity, but he didn't know who he was. He didn't know his brother had a son. And after the funeral, it is believed, the boy was never seen again. And the Shiite tradition maintains that he went into hiding in a well in 874 AD. And he remains hiding in that well in a cave in Samara, Iraq, where there is a mosque over the cave. And he's been in hiding there for over a thousand years. The name of that cave and that mosque is al Geba, or well of occultation. And there, they believe the Mahdi has been hiding for over a thousand years. And they await the return of the Mahdi. Now there is a picture of the shrine there built above the cave where they believe the Mahdi is hiding in a well in a cave over there and they await his return. Now what is the character of the Mahdi? Well they believe that he will descend from the family of Muhammad and bear the name of Muhammad. He will be the universal leader of Islam. He will unite all of Islam and be the world leader of Islam. Not only will he be world leader he will be the world ruler He will establish the golden age of Islam and Islamic order over the entire earth bring peace to the world by conquering all opposing armies and bringing in the golden age and golden rule of Islam establishing Sharia law throughout the land and he will accomplish this through many wars or jihads Some believe that a mass conversion to Islam around the world will occur when the Mahdi appears. Several sects teach that mass conversions will occur as the Mahdi triumphs in war over opposing forces throughout the world. Now, the Mahdi's ascendancy is preceded by an army from the east bearing black flags or banners of war. When Muhammad returned to conquer the city of Mecca, his men carried black flags with them and upon those flags were written the words punishment. So the Mahdi will ride in uh, with this army and begin the jihad and conquest over the armies of the world. Israel will be conquered. The Mahdi will lead the Muslim armies to Israel and recapture Jerusalem for Islam. During this time, Muslims, there will be a mass slaughter of Jews, till only a few will remain. Now it is believed that the Mahdi will then rule from Jerusalem. During this time, the Mahdi will demonstrate miraculous power of nature. Thus, he will control nature and the world will live in great prosperity under his rule and the world will love the Mahdi. No more shortages of food, no more shortages of energy and power supply. They will love the Mahdi for he will do miraculous things and have control over nature and provide for the needs of mankind. The Mahdi will rule when a seven year peace is established between Arabs and the West. And interestingly enough, this peace is mediated through a Jew, a descendant of Aaron. But the peace only lasts for seven years interestingly enough when the Mahdi rides on his jihad and conquers the enemies of islam he will ride up upon a white horse obviously this imagery is inspired by the new testament book of revelation saddam hussein if you remember some of his pictures before they were torn down or ripped off the walls often pictured himself leading a battle riding upon a white horse. And the Mahdi will make some significant archeological discoveries that will refute the beliefs of the Jews and the Christians. He will discover, many believe, lost parts of the Torah, the Old Testament law, and these discoveries will show that these were missing from the Old Testament law, and these will teach and refute the beliefs of the Jews and the Christians. And the Ark of the Covenant he will also discover and it will be brought from Lake Tiberius to the city of Jerusalem. And many Jews as a result of the discoveries that the Mahdi makes will convert to Islam. Here is another one of the most sacred mosques there in Iraq, the Jamkaran Mosque Here is a well where, like in the Catholic tradition, you know, the Fatima, where Mary appeared to several Catholics. Here at this mosque, it is believed that the Mahdi appeared after his disappearance on several occasions to a number of people. And so a sacred mosque was built there over this well. And it is there that many, Devout Shia Muslims go write their prayers on paper and drop them down into the well Mahmoud Ahmadinejad after he ascended to the presidency of Iran. This is one of the first things he did He went to this mosque and delivered prayers to the Mahdi down there in the well Now there are some very interesting parallels isn't there between the Islamic Mahdi and the Antichrist written of in Daniel and Revelation. Here are some interesting parallels here. First, both will be powerful political leaders. They will be world rulers. Second, both will be religious leaders as well. Both will demand loyalty and the worship of the people. Third, both slaughter and persecute the Jews in the Hadith that writes about the Mahdi the people who are targeted are Jews and Christians and interestingly there's no mention of other religions being slaughtered now the next figure is the Muslim Jesus Following the rise of the Mahdi, the next most important figure is the Muslim Jesus. This is not the Jesus of the Bible, of course. This is the Jesus of Islam. Now in the Quran and in Muslim teaching, the Jesus of Islam is very different from the Jesus of the Bible. Muslims reject the deity of Christ, that Jesus Christ is the unique divine Son of God. They reject that. They believe that Jesus is a prophet of God, but he is a man. They reject the crucifixion of Christ. They believe that God would not allow his prophets to suffer such a shameful kind of death. They believe that God delivered Christ from the crucifixion and he ascended to heaven like Elijah. And since this time Jesus remains in heaven with Allah, awaiting his chance to fulfill his ministry. When Jesus returns, they teach that when he returns, he will return as a radical Muslim. It is at this time that the Mahdi will be leading his army into battle and then the Muslim Jesus will return. In the Hadith, It states this, Jesus returns from Damascus. At this very time, Allah would send Christ, son of Mary, and he would descend at the white minaret in the eastern side of Damascus wearing two garments, lightly dyed with saffron and placing his hands on the wings of two angels. When he would lower his head, there would fall beads of perspiration from his head. And when he would raise up beads like pearls would scatter from it. Jesus descends to meet the army of the Mahdi just before their prayer time as they prepare for battle. The Mahdi will ask Jesus to pray, but he will refuse bowing and submitting to the leadership of the Mahdi. Jesus as a faithful Muslim will then perform the pilgrimage to Mecca that all Muslims must perform. He will institute and enforce Islamic law. And Jesus will lead many Christians to Islam. Those who do not convert, Jesus will be a witness against them on judgment day. And on that day, Christians will affirm that Jesus was never crucified. He was not the divine son of God, but God's messenger. And Jesus will testify against Jews and Christians who taught these things. Once again, from the Hadith, that writes, the prophet said, there is no prophet between me and him, that is Jesus. He will descend to earth, he will break the cross, kill swine, abolish the tax on unbelievers. Allah will perish all religions except Islam. Jesus will come to abolish Christianity. Four things he will do is mentioned in this passage and others throughout the Hadith. He will break crosses, he will kill swine, he will abolish the tax on non-Muslims and kill the Muslim Antichrist, the Jal, and his followers. Now, what's important is that he abolishes the jizya, or the tax on unbelievers. Now, this is important because an unbeliever, according to the Quran, only has three choices, right? Either convert to Islam... Or you submit to live as a second-class citizen, paying the high jizya or the high tax. Or third, you meet the sword, death. Those are your only three options given in the Quran. And when you go to countries that are dominated by Islam, for example, I was in the country of Malaysia. When a Muslim has a baby, they get paid to have babies. Well, who pays for all of that? The non-believers, when non-believers have babies and they go to the hospital, their cost is tremendous. Well, if you're Muslim, you get a free education from kindergarten all the way through college. Well, who pays for that? All the non-Muslims. They gotta pay tremendous tuition to be there in school. So you live as a second-class citizen paying the very high tax. Those are your three options. But when Jesus returns, he eliminates the high tax on unbelievers. What's that mean? well, then there's only two choices left for unbelievers, convert to Islam or die. And according to Islamic eschatology, many Christians will be slain, many Jews will be slain by the Muslim Jesus. Jesus will kill the Islamic antichrist, the Jal, and most of the followers of the Jal, the Islamic antichrist will primarily be Jews. After this, Jesus will die a physical death. After killing the Dajjal and all the unbelievers, Jesus will marry and have children. He will spend 40 years on Earth and die and be buried next to Muhammad. That is their understanding of the Muslim Jesus. Now, interestingly enough, there are some parallels between the Muslim Jesus and the false prophet mentioned in the book of Revelation 13. In the Bible, the Antichrist, the leader, the political leader of the world, has a sidekick, the false prophet. And the false prophet performs miracles and gets people to worship the beast or the Antichrist. The false prophet also offers only two options to people who will not bow the knee to the Antichrist, worship the beast or die. Now, in Islamic Shi'ite eschatology, Islam has a similar alliance, the Mahdi and the Muslim Jesus. The Mahdi is the leader and Jesus supports the Mahdi. And the Muslim Jesus will force Christians and Jews to convert or face the sword. Next, we have the Dajjal, or the Islamic Antichrist. He's the third primary character in Shiite Islamic eschatology. The Dajjal is described as the great deceiver. He will be blind in one eye, and he has the word kafir, or infidel, written between his eyes or possibly across his forehead, but only true Muslims will be able to see it. He will also be a false miracle worker, deceiving all the unbelievers. He will claim to be divine, God incarnate. Thus many Muslim scholars feel he will claim to be the Christian, Jesus. Jesus Christ who claimed to be the divine son of God. He will ride on a giant mule. And while he is here, there will be three cities of refuge which the Antichrist will not be able to enter. That's Mecca, Medina and Damascus in Syria. So Muslims are encouraged to flee there from the Antichrist. Except for these three, the Dajjal the will enter the cities of the world and deceive many to follow him. The Dajjal, interestingly, will be Jewish. And most of his followers, according to the hadith, will be Jews and women. He will meet the Muslim Jesus in battle and be slain by the Muslim Jesus. That is the the Dajjal, or the Islamic Antichrist. Now, there's interesting parallels, isn't there, once again, between the Dajjal, the Islamic Antichrist, and the biblical Jesus. There's some parallels, isn't there? The Dajjal will be a defender of Israel, as will the Jesus of the New Testament. Second, the Dajjal will claim to be divine, claim to be God incarnate, as does the Jesus of the Bible. He claims to be the divine Son of God. The Jews will receive the Dajjal as their Messiah. And in the Bible, when Jesus returns, many Jews will realize when they see his pierced hands, they will realize that Jesus was their Messiah and they will, many will receive Jesus Christ as their Messiah. If this is the case then, you know, and Mark talked about the great deception that will be throughout the earth. Muslims then will be thinking the real Jesus is the the Dajjal since he fulfills three aspects of the the Dajjal. So Mark talked about the deception would be great. Isn't that interesting? The parallels here. Now, although there are strong parallels between the Antichrist and the Mahdi, I do not believe that the Antichrist is a Muslim, okay? There are several scholars out there who believe that the Antichrist will be a Muslim. I do not believe so. But I'll tell you later why there's probably these strong parallels, I don't believe that the Antichrist will be a Muslim because as Mark talked about last night in Ezekiel 38, that Islamic coalition that we see in chapter 38 of Ezekiel is destroyed very early in the tribulation. Hey, the coalition of these Muslim armies uh, are destroyed.
0: This concludes part one of Pat's study on the return of the Mahdi, Islam's Messiah. I hope you are awakened to the danger of this theology that pervades Shi'ite Islam and are inspired to pray for the protection of our missionaries and apologists, like Pat who engaged the dangerous teachings of such false belief systems. If you missed any part of this message, log on at evidenceandanswers.org and you can listen to this study and enjoy other great resources right there on the site. Also the entire series from the 2012 Hawaii Apologetics Conference featuring Dr. Mark Hitchcock, Kirby Anderson and other fine teachers are available at evidenceandanswers.org. Pat's ministry with Probe International relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you've been blessed by Pat's teaching, please support him in prayer and with a financial gift by logging on at evidenceandanswers.org. I hope you'll be with us next week as Pat and his friends continue to provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers.